The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you by to hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Two videos at the top of the page. One on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that, you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Today, at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. Join us in the chat on Rumble. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the name of the channel. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. A lot of friends over there. So good morning to you guys. Good to see you. And also, uh, while you're there, yeah, subscribe to that channel. And then also, before it's news.com, top of the page over there. And I appreciate those guys giving us a spot for the morning and afternoon show on Before It's News. Uh, back over to SonsLibertyMedia.com. Again, you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, you get that once a day, late afternoon, early evening. All of the articles we have, including the morning show archive. And I forgot to open up for our uh, stuff that we've got. I don't know why I went there. Went to Sons of Liberty Radio. And there you go. You guys get to see some of that on the video platform. <laughs> <laughs> oh me and then see this is why it's good to have this open um i was doing some things before and i kind of lost track of time before the show and so i was doing some other stuff anyway our soldier of the cross t-shirt is out uh same artwork as bradley's book pretty nice too well really well done um this is not your typical iron on it they do it some other way i don't know how it is it's kind of got a raised texture on it and uh, the colors are brilliant, and even after the washing, they're still there. So 20 bucks on this Soldier of the Cross shirt. Uh, it'll be $5 more if you're double X or larger. Also, the book to go with it is called Soldier of the Cross. This is Brad, one of Bradley's new books, $10 in our store. You can get there by way of sonsoflibertymedia.com, top uh, menu there. Or you can go to thesonsoflibertymedia.squarespace.com. Uh, get you a copy. So, several people are already ordering you know, a dozen or two dozen or 
gosh, what did he say he had yesterday? Like 50? Somebody ordered 50 of these things to give out. Um, so, yeah, pick up your copy today. And then also, all the profits were pointing to the front. That's brand new, too. Both of those books are uh, $10 in our store. So, uh, please, and, and by the way, there's lots of other things. I know people are, you know, in that time of year where they go gift buying and stuff. And uh, so, if you're one of those people who do that, store is at your service, right? There's, uh, Stephanie's come out with a new book. I, You know, I'm going to be doing some books, but uh, they're more in line with some of the things that I've been going over the past year and all with uh, preparedness, health, and stuff like that. So that's kind of where my mind has been and all of this. Because you know what? I really believe what the Lord says about, you know, tell the righteous it'll be good, it'll be well with them. It's not going to be well with the wicked, but it's going to be good for the righteous. You know, I was thinking about the song that we were playing um, in the pre-show music. I love that song. Me and my son were listening to it as we were, uh, we went down to get some stuff to take care of. Let me just let you in on something here, in case you don't know. Uh, you, Most of you have been listening. You, you would be aware that I have been replacing floors, getting rid of. 20-something-odd years of carpet out of the house. I've got the stairs to do, and no carpet will exist in the brown house. Praise the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you, that has to be bad for our breathing and our health. I'm, I'm almost out of breath trying to speak about it. But when you pull up the carpet and you pull up the padding, and you still see what looks like gravel dust, you know what I'm talking about? It's that gray kind of dust that you get out in your driveway if you got a gravel driveway. You know that stuff's just it doesn't matter how much you wash the carpet doesn't matter how much you vacuum it's in there and just traps it down inside and uh, so we we've got that pretty much out of the house i got this little bit to do um but in the midst of all of that to understand that being in the presence of god being in his his house as the song talks about being in his courts one day is better than a thousand elsewhere. This comes right out of Psalm 84. To the chief musician upon Giddeth, a psalm for the sons of Korah, How admirable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who, passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. And, you know, one of the things I was getting at uh, prior to that was talking about Psalm 91. 
you know, saying it will be good for the righteous. This is where my mind is with some things I want to do as soon as I get the time to put it all together. But it's the means that God gives. It's the means that He gives. When you go back and look at judgments that He brought in certain times, for instance, the plagues that were brought on Israel because of David's sin of, you know, counting the people. It didn't hit everybody. Wasn't this airborne, you know, this was something divine that came through. And if God knows when the sparrow falls, guess what? He knows when you and I will too. Now that may scare some people, but it should give us comfort if we claim the name of Christ. So, with that said, today we're talking a little bit about the new world order versus the old paths. And I notice I didn't say the old world order, order because the old world, world order is very similar to the new world order. Okay? It's very similar. Still have because men haven't changed. Men get power and they're often influenced by and tempted by that power to do what is wicked. Doesn't mean that there haven't been good men who have restrained themselves from submitting to that kind of stuff. There have been. There have been. And when I say good, I don't mean good in the ultimate moral sense. Jesus said there is none good but God. But there have been good men in the past who have ruled well. Um, recently did an article over at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com just to show you that you know the United States has been fascist for a long time. Now, I understand our Constitution says we're supposed to have a Republican form of government. We're supposed to have that. No question that that's what we're supposed to have. But many of you who are activists out there who are listening, you know that running up against this, you're finding out, oh, we don't really have that. Why? Because the people's mindset aren't that. The people's mindset are fascism. You find from the police they're enforcing policies, not law. And even when they point to the law, it isn't real law. It isn't based upon the law of God. So it's not real law. It's pretended law. Put this out yesterday. Fascism, the merger of state and corporate power, is alive and well in the U.S., and its goal is to stamp out dissent. Now this, look, the the quote-unquote New World Order in the United States began a long time ago. Yep, about 170 years ago. All the Republicans out there who praised Lincoln, oh, he was against slavery, blah, blah, blah. No, he wasn't. Go back and read some of the guy's quotes. He was just fine with slavery. Just fine with it. Didn't want to mess with it. Until he attacked his own countrymen. Actually, the men who had separated themselves from his tyrannic reign and that of the federal government. When he used the U.S. military against people in the states like mine, this guy is no hero. If you're holding Abraham Lincoln up as a hero, you're, you're either misinformed or you're informed and now you're an idolater. It's, you're one or the other. I want you to notice something about this. This is the picture of the Lincoln Memorial. Probably the biggest idol setting up there as far as a man is concerned. 
up there in D.C. I want you to notice that on either side of the armrest of Lincoln, what is there? Do you guys see that? That's the Roman fasces. That's the Roman fasces. And then I want you to notice what's written above his head. In this temple, you tell me that this guy, that this is not an idol, that this is not a place of worship. That's exactly what it is. In this temple, as in the hearts of the people for whom he saved the union, they try to make it so grand, don't they? The memory of Abraham Lincoln is enshrined forever. Yeah, I think Virginia had a better title for it. Six Semper Tyrannus. Thus always to tyrants. But there it is, right there. The Roman Fasces. If you don't believe that's where we're at, then you don't get what we're talking about. You don't get what we're talking about. So, it's not just the Lincoln Memorial. It's the House of Representatives. Now, the guys who are on the video platforms, you're seeing this. This is the Roman Fasces on the right. This is what it is. This is what's on Abraham Lincoln's armrest. See it right there? It's also on either side of the American flag hanging in the House of Representatives. That's what, that's what these things are hanging in the background. Been there for about 100 years. Same thing with the Lincoln Memorial. This is the door leading into the Minnesota Supreme Court chamber. Does that look familiar to you too? Yeah, it's the Roman fascists. Same thing. Right there. Hmm. This is this is where we've gone. Now much of this came in after they brought the Nazis over in Operation Paperclip. Some of it was already in place anyway. The, the Lincoln Memorial was there long before that. But some of this carried on. In fact, many, much of the architecture that we see, not all of it, but much of it was created after the guys who formed federal government. Some of it was done before. Of course, George Washington laid out D.C. in a pentagram shape claiming that it was the best way to defend Washington, D.C. from invasion and things of this nature. But th that's a part that was there. But we've heard for years how we need a new world order. We need a new world order. We've been hearing that since I was a teenager. At least. Here's some of the presidents who told us such things. A world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. It's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. What the Clinton administration's foreign policy will be. What this so-called new world order uh, will look like. A new world order. George Bush has invoked a new world order. We all talk about a new world order. It is a big idea. A new world order. A new world order. The historic role in trying to make sure that there is, after all, a new world order. And today that new world is struggling to be born. A world quite different 
from the one we've known. I believe we, and particularly you, your class, has an incredible window of opportunity to lead in shaping a new world order. A new world All right, so you get it. This is Democrats and Republicans pushing the same agenda. And some of them won't say, some of them won't say it, but they keep pushing the agenda forward. They keep pushing the same world agenda afford, or, uh, forward. Barack Obama did it. I don't recall, maybe he did say New World Order. I don't recall him doing that. But he definitely talked about the same agenda being pushed forward, and he pushed it forward in his two terms in office. Illegitimate terms, by the way. He was never a natural-born citizen. By the way, we could say that about a bunch of people here who are lining up, uh, waiting for old Joe to uh, kick the bucket. Kamala Harris is not a legitimate natural-born citizen. She's not. I, I, I'm wondering about this guy on uh, the Republican side. I, I don't even watch it enough to know how to say their names with Swami or whatever. I'm not even keeping up with those guys because I'm not interested in any of them. All of them are the same. They'll tell you what you want to hear, what they want to hear. Then you start looking at who's behind them and everything else, and you just go, oh, okay, I get it. Same thing with Trump. He can tell you that he's against all their stuff, but then when you watch the agenda that he advances, it's the same agenda. He did what no other president could do. He established what the Council of Foreign Relations wanted for the for North America. Got rid of NAFTA, put it in the USMCA, gave away American sovereignty in that. But don't think that he didn't do it. He did do it. He continues to push Soviet-style education, even though that's not the role of the federal government. So they're all advancing this kind of stuff. And what's the way to really bring everybody into it? To bring America to its knees, because America is funding all of it. We're literally funding all of it. Now, some countries have gotten wise to certain things about it, and they've stopped certain things. Good for them. Even though they may be our quote-unquote enemies. At least that's what we're told. They've stopped some of that. That's great. But there's more to be done. How are they bringing this in? Well, they're using fear tactics. That's the biggest thing that they have in their pocket. And I think this is probably why the scriptures tell us over and over and over again, don't be afraid, fear not. You know, when Jesus talked to his disciples there in Matthew 21, or 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, when he talked to them, and they asked when those things were going to be, the destruction of the temple, his coming at that, all of this other, what did he say to them? Don't be deceived, and don't be afraid. All these things are going to happen. You're going to hear wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, earthquakes. There's people who's going to say, I'm the Christ, come follow me, don't do it. They're going to deliver you up to your death. Don't, don't be dismayed. Don't, don't be disheartened. He let them know all of the things that were coming. So they wouldn't be afraid. So when they saw them, they were going, Jesus was right. It should have been a comfort. It should have been an encouragement to them that their Lord was exactly right in the things that he was saying and that he was there with them, even as he, even as he said, even till the end of the age. 
And here's all the things that we see coming. We see all of this, for lack of a better term, the gates of hell have been opened up and the people who are on that side are just out in full force. And it seems those who are righteous are the ones being attacked. You've been told about mandates. You have to wear a mask. You have to get a shot. You have to do this. Keep your job. All this other stuff. And see, they're starting to ramp that stuff back up. You can hear little echoes of it in the background. Just want to play. I, I got video, a lot of videos today, and then I've got a lot of scripture that I want to come behind it with. There's a lot of, there's a lot of this that's been seen. Many of you have seen this. Many of you have not. So with that said, I want you to listen. This is sort of a replay of what people in our government and other governments around the world have actually said about has what has went on the past three years, because that's going to be the means, that's the vehicle by which they're going to try to ram the New World Order through. They've already got the, the tip of it inside. Now they're ready to ram it through. Okay, here's just, just so we're all aware, and I know my audience is not a dumb audience at all, so don't think when I play this that I'm trying to play down to you. These are probably things you've heard. But then I have a lot of people who have never seen any of this stuff. So I want to play it for them so that they understand and are brought up to speed as well. Listen to what these people say and how they're blatantly telling you what they were doing during the convicts. What was President Biden and OSHA's plan if 84 million Americans refuse to comply with the vaccine mandate or show their papers? That's categorically untrue. We didn't threaten anyone and we didn't demand that anyone be fired. Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save and, lives? And who did the forcing? Well, this, your department, or the Head Start, which is under your department, had a mask mandate until late last year for two-year-olds and above, even outdoors. Uh, so can you point to any public health benefit of that policy? Right. We, we never forced anyone to do anything because we don't have the jurisdiction or authority to do that. Did you All right, let's stop there just a second, because this is the guy who's over, what was he? He was in California with, with Kamala, and I guess he got brought over there with her. This is the guy, uh, Xavier Baraka, Baraka, whatever his name is. This is the guy who's sitting here going, we didn't force anybody to do it. We don't have the jurisdiction. Yeah, and you don't have the jurisdiction or the authority to even make recommendations, dude. Your job shouldn't even exist. It exists because of lawless men usurping the Constitution and putting people like you in a position of authority and setting up these unconstitutional agencies. That's the reality. That's the reality. And this guy's charging, you know, he's he's coming to him saying, and the guy is honest. I mean, he's honest about that part. Yeah, we didn't come over there and force anybody to do it. Yeah, sure, you didn't do that. Hitler didn't hold a gun to somebody's head either, did he? Or maybe he did. I don't know. But he didn't, he wasn't the one rounding people up. He wasn't shooting people in the street because they had a weapon. It wasn't Hitler doing that. But it was his influence over the people who were that was accomplishing that, was it not? Yep. Sure was. Did you encourage states to adopt student vaccine mandates? I did not encourage states to adopt uh, student vaccine mandates. Where states... Excuse me, sir. You said right here, not only do I support it, but I'm encouraging states to come up with a plan to make sure it happens. The title of the article is Education Secretary Backs Mandatory School COVID-19 Mandates. 
Mr. Parker, you're one of a number now of officials in this administration who has come before this committee uh, and tried to tell us that 2 plus 2 uh, doesn't equal 4. Uh, sitting in the chair that you're in now, uh, the Secretary of Education uh, testified, gave false testimony to this committee, uh, denying that he had promoted a student vaccine mandate when he had done precisely that. Uh, sitting in the chair that you're in now. The Secretary of Health and Human Services uh, made one of the most outlandish statements ever entered into the congressional record, which is saying quite a lot, uh, when he said, we never force anyone to do anything in relation to the widely discredited policy of forcing uh, young children as young as two years old uh, to wear masks. And now you come before us today, uh, asked about one of the most sweeping uh, abuses of power uh, that we've seen that was rebuked by the Supreme Court, and you tell us that we didn't demand that anyone be fired. So has there been some sort of memo going around? Why is the administration insistent on rewriting history? All you have to do is read that rule and you will see that it is not a vaccine mandate. We didn't threaten anyone and we didn't demand that anyone be fired. We didn't demand that anyone be fired. I did not encourage states to adopt uh, student vaccine mandates. Yes, I did not name. encourage states to adopt uh, student vaccine mandates. All you have to do is read that rule and you will see that it is not a vaccine mandate. It is not a vaccine mandate. We never forced anyone to do anything because we don't have the jurisdiction or authority to do that. We never forced anyone to do anything because we don't have the jurisdiction or authority to do that. Yeah, neither, neither did any other company. Uh, this is exactly, this is why my son and I went and spent three, three hours down here at the Chick-fil-A in Gaffney. Why, why did we do that? We did that because, oops, excuse me, they, we did that because they were attacking my kids as well as other young people who were working there, as well as adults who were there. This is a company that from its inception has said we hold forth Christian principles, whose owner clearly did more than his son. His son is not his daddy, that's for sure. It's kind of like Rand Paul and Ron Paul. They're, they're, they're light years apart. Same thing. And we went and bullhorned them and told them. I had a lady that was hiring all my kids that I thought we were friends. And they're wanting my kids to take that shot or they're going to lose their job. And after some lengthy discussion, she goes, well, I hope we can remain friends even though we disagree. I said, they no friends. We're not friends. You're trying to kill my kids to save your job, to save Chick-fil-A. Ain't no friends here. You've chosen your side. You need to repent, but you've chosen your side right now. We're not friends. You're trying to kill all the other people that you claim that you love and you care about? No, no, no. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not friends. See, some people want to play around with that stuff. That's not something to play around with. And many of you out there have told me you've lost friends People at church have cut you off. People at your work have cut you off. Why? Because you won't go along with the narrative. You won't go along with their lies. You could have it nice and easy, just doing whatever you're doing, going along with that, but you don't. Same thing happens here. I'm trying to look over my mic here. So how do the people who 
push these shots. How do they get rewarded? Well, you know, there used to be a thing. When I was a kid, we used to watch the old Adam West Batman. Do you guys remember that? It looked like he was running around in tights with, with his underwear on the outside. And he would always look at Robin and he would go, Robin, crime never pays, right? And what do the people see today? They see that crime does pay. That's why they're engaged in it. They see it paying. Paying handsomely in some cases. Instead of paying it the just reward that it's due, as the Bible said, the wages of sin is death or your lawlessness. What happens to these people who are developing all these kind of shots and pushing all this kind of stuff out? Well, let's let Greg Reese tell us. Freedom of Information Act results have shown that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists knew that the mRNA injections were commonly fatal to babies in the womb. And $11 million was spent to bribe OBGYNs to lie to pregnant women about the safety of the injections and convince them to get the shot. U.S. nursing home data clearly shows that the mRNA shots were killing the elderly. The mRNA shots are now causing cancer. The CDC admits at least 118,000 children have died suddenly in the USA since the rollout of the mRNA COVID vaccines. The actual count is likely much higher, and that was reported a year ago. Nothing has really changed. The historical mass murder continues, and the perpetrators remain free, pushing for round two and winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Their discovery led to a monumental medical breakthrough, but even they were surprised when they learned today they're receiving one of the world's most prestigious awards. The Nobel Prize in Medicine, the last thing a pair of scientists expected when the phone rang at 3.40 this morning. My husband picked up and he was talking to somebody and then he just handed over and said, this is for you. Did you believe it at first? Not really, you know, because, you know, people can make jokes. I also thought it was a prank or, or an anti-vax joke or something. This has to be a prank. Some <laughs> some anti-vaxxer is, 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 you know, playing with us and, you know, this can't be real. We wait and the press conference starts and it was real. We couldn't get funding. We couldn't get publications. We couldn't get really people to notice RNA as something interesting. It, it had failed clinical trials and pretty much everybody gave up on it. I mean, everybody was skeptical, but we didn't care. Katie and I certainly didn't go into science for, for money or for awards. We, we did it because of interest and curiosity. We've got clinical trials for seven vaccines going on right now. We've got work on uh, cancer vaccines, vaccines for autoimmune diseases, for allergies. We've got gene therapy moving into clinical Not a one of them safe or effective. Not a one of them. Of therapeutics. So... You know, it, it's already been going on for many years, and th this has just given RNA the recognition. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, I want to I ask a question here. If you went to a theme park, <clears throat> say like over here across the line in North Kakalaka, 
to Paramount's Carowinds, unless they changed the name and sold it to somebody since the last time I was there years and years ago. Let's say you go over there. They're going to install a new roller coaster. That roller coaster has been put up in a couple of theme parts, and, and they've already had three of them break mid-ride. I don't even know what they would call that. Mid-ride. They break, and I'm not talking about they break and people are just stuck. The structure actually breaks. It's got a weak point. They keep running the ride. They repair it at these places where they're everywhere else. They don't repair it. And they say, it's fine. We've already checked it out. And it keeps happening. Would you say those are safe? That's how the FDA looks at these kinds of things. Just so people understand. When somebody submits a clinical trial... They also submit all the adverse effects, including death. This is why the FDA and Pfizer did not want to release the documents on the Pfizer shot for 75 years. They wanted to keep it going. They wanted the mantra of the Mockingbird Media, who are their pimps, who they pay upwards of 40% of their advertising. They want the Mockingbird Media and the social media uh, little maggots that they are that want to censor everybody from telling you the truth or at least giving you information so you can determine if it is the truth or not. They want to censor it. They want to poo-poo it. They want to poison the well. They want to do all that stuff and pushing something that's never been proven to be safe. It's definitely never been proven to work with other of these shots and these, these, these so-called scientists here they can produce all this stuff all they want to. As far as I'm concerned, they're engaged in sorcery because all they do is put poisons in your body. That's all a vaccine is, is a poison. Oh, we got an immune response. Yeah, well, I can get that by cutting my hand. I can get that by sticking myself with a splinter. I can get an immune response. Why? Because that's the, what my body does. When something is invading it, when something is attacking it, you get in poison ivy and you get a rash across your arm or your leg, what's happening? Your body is responding to that toxin. And you get a cut, all those blood cells that go there and they start forming the scab and you get the white blood cells that attack, you know, the, the infection and things of that nature. All of that is an immune response. It's natural to do that. I don't have to mix up a poison to see if I can get a, 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 a response out of that. Oh my goodness gracious. How easily we are deceived. I'm going to throw a lot of these videos in here for the sake of time uh, in the archive, okay? But the lies that have been told to push the New World Order, which is going to come through with a number of things, the, the pandemics are not over with. They've already told us they're going to send another one. By the way, if you were like I was, I look, I cut off my phone the other day, and I don't care if people laugh at me, I didn't have any calls for three hours on, what was it, Tuesday. I didn't have calls for three hours. That was great. And you know what? I'm going to do it on the 11th, too. They're a little backup time. I'm going to cut it off then, too. Nothing else for the peace of mind that I have. <laughs> Some of you know what exactly what I'm saying here. But this is what they did. They lied to us. They lied to us. Now, I'm going to play you Anthony Fauci, 
the chief spreader of COVID, quote-unquote, misinformation. Let's just call it lies. COVID lies. He was a liar. He is a liar. He spread COVID lies. Sadly, so the guy who left him in charge there, Trump, he kept pimping for the shot, too. He continues to spread COVID lies, too. But here is uh, here's Fauci. Again, this is the means by which they're pushed. This is one of the means by which they're pushing the new world order through. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. If you're vaccinated, Mr. you science. really don't need to worry about getting it in a way that's serious or transmitting. That is true. That is correct, Chris. It'll either protect you completely against infection and the chances are very likely that you'll not be able to transmit it to other people. The risk is extremely low of transmitting it to anybody else. Full stop. Vaccinated people are clearly capable of transmitting the infection. They were You're never in the middle capable. Of an outbreak. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. If people are not wearing masks, then maybe we should be mandating it. I often myself wear two masks. And I'm quoting you now, at the population level, masks work at the margins maybe 10%. To hear that they only work at the margins maybe 10% would make a lot of people ask, okay, then why was I wearing a mask? You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science when you say that this is going to go away tomorrow like magic when you know that there's no chance it's going to just disappear. We hope this just goes away, burns itself out. So my question is, why weren't you straight with the American people about this to begin with? So the bottom line is, it's a guesstimate. I gave a range. It seemed in that quote, he's a liar and a lover your, of money. Uh, That's what he is. On polling and what people could accept. Is that not what you meant? No, I mean, it, it's a bit of that. We're seeing all of these school closures around the country. Is that the right move for children and families? Yeah, no, and I think what's going on right now is, is it generally an appropriate approach. You want to start doing something to socially distance yourself. How dramatic that is, closing schools and doing other things, should be proportionate. But it went too far, that particularly for kids uh, who, who couldn't go to school except remotely, that it's forever damaged right. them. Well, I don't think it's forever irreparably damaged anyone. The U.S. Surgeon General has called it an urgent public health crisis, a devastating decline in the mental health of kids across the country. According to the CDC, the rates of suicide, self-harm, anxiety, and depression are up among adolescents. And the record will show, Neil, that we didn't recommend shutting everything down. First of all, nonsense. Nonsense. Down. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Um, and that was very difficult decision. See this liar? Because I knew it would have serious economic consequences. Except for you, you're going to make a lot of money, aren't you? Because if you look at the people that are politicizing me, there's somebody that all the way over on one level. He but is politicized. What in the world? Look upon me the way they should. As a non-political person that I am, you are political. Just to say they don't want to do it. They're Republicans. They don't like to be told what to do. And we got to break that. But See? now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Where did this virus come from? Do you think today? Did it come from a lab? Was it man-made? When you have the animal-human interface. 
and you have animals that come out of the wild that are sold at these open, what they call them, wet market. Place of origin was not within the market itself. No, I don't think you could say that. There's a report today that another intelligence arm of the U.S. government, this is inside our energy department, has joined the FBI in concluding that COVID began with a lab leak in China. That the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain of function research. This guy is lying and he isn't even blinking doing it. That a bat coronavirus was enhanced. By the way, if you're buying into the uh, lab leak stuff, that's put out too. You want the truth? Listen to Dr. Brian Artis. The experiment unexpectedly He's got the receipts on it. made a bat coronavirus more contagious than the original naturally occurring one. Take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. What we're talking about now is the gain-of-function research in studies that increase predominantly the transmissibility as well as pathogenesis and alteration of host range of the virus. But he's lying here, Senator. It is you. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> There's nothing funny about what this guy's done. Yeah, somebody's exactly right. Who, Hallett. You're exactly right. It needs to be a big gallows. When we abolish D.C., which is what the people of the states ought to be demanding, we ought to be demanding their abolishment so they can't spend our money anymore. We ought to be demanding those people come back home so that we can hold them accountable. And in every state of the union, once they've been put look, I, I believe in due process, but a lot of these people, the they, it's come out of their own mouths. You've seen it with the signing of their own pens. You've seen it with their votes. They've already committed treason against the people, against us. It's time the people brought them to justice. I was asking, I don't know if he's listening this morning, but maybe he is, but a friend of mine asked me last night, and I'm going to respond to him today. You know, what's it, which is greater, justice or mercy? They're both as important as the other. You don't even know what mercy is unless you understand what justice is. You have no idea of what mercy is apart from justice. And if you don't bring justice, you're not showing mercy to the people who've been violated. The Bible talks about loving both justice and mercy. The weightier things of the law, justice and mercy. Mercy is not a part of the law. Mercy is independent from the law. That's what God gives those who are sinners, who are transgressors of the law. That's what he gives them is mercy. He doesn't give them what they deserve. If, they, if he gave them what they deserve, then none of us would be breathing right now. He gives us what we don't deserve. And he did that because his son came and endured what he shouldn't and what he didn't deserve. On our behalf. I have so many videos here, but I, I don't want to focus on all the bad stuff. You guys are pretty much familiar. I'll throw a lot of these in with 
the with what we've got. But let me just say, it's not just the shots. The shots are a part of it. It's the digital currencies that are being rolled out. It's the 5G that's being rolled out. It's the illegal immigrant invasion that's being rolled out. It's a whole number of things that are happening at once. And I'm telling you, you go read Deuteronomy 28, you read Leviticus 26, you read the book of Revelation, and you see the, uh, like in Leviticus 26, the three places where he says, I'm going to bring it seven times more. And then you have three times in the book of Revelation where he's dumping that out seven times more, just like he said he would. Just like he said he would. Each judgment becoming more intense than the previous one. Why? He's trying to get men's attention. And in the midst of that, he always pauses. He always opens up the opportunity for mercy for those who want it. And then for those who don't, who don't he continues to pour out the judgment upon them. And what is this new world order that they want, that they say is going to be so fantastic and this, that, and the other? It's totalitarianism. I'm, I'm telling you, if you have children and you home educate them, there are a couple of books besides the Bible that I would recommend. That, well, actually, there's a bunch of books I would recommend. But I would recommend you read 1984. I'd recommend you read Animal Farm. I'd recommend you read Brave New World. I'd recommend you read Neil Postman's Amusing Ourselves to Death. In fact, those four right there could be an entire summer reading and discussion that you could have with your children. Read it with them, okay? And don't read it to younger ones. Read it to those who are, you know, I'm going to say teenage years or something. They have some maturity with them. Read that to them. That's exactly their playbook of what they're doing. People were warned about it nearly 100 years ago, 80, something like that. They were warned about it. What does God call the people to? Does he call them to a new world order? Does he call them back to the old paths? See, there's always a push for a new world order. An or- that new world order is without God. And you're hearing it from people like Noah Harari at the World Economic Forum. You're, you're hearing it from Klaus Schwab. You're hearing it from Bill Gates. It's all about what we can do. Jesus and God are fake news. That's what they tell you, right? Isn't that what they tell you? Yeah. They want a world without God. They want to be the gods of the new world order. In fact, they tell you that. They tell you that, that that's what they're doing. But what does God say? First command, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Why? I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Therefore, you shall have no other gods before me. And don't forget, don't make any graven images of anything or any likeness of what's in heaven, of what's below, what's on the earth. Don't make it. Stop doing that. What do men do? Constantly doing that. How many of you, if I held up an artist rendition of Jesus, and that's what it is, an artist rendition, you would say, that's Jesus. No, it isn't. That's an idol. That's an idol. I have such a hard time when I have to do certain articles and go looking for pictures. That's one of the struggles that I have, is people want to put a face on Jesus. Listen, Jesus is not a baby anymore. 
He's not in his humiliation anymore. And to to construct artwork that shows that kind of thing, I'm just going to tell you, I think it is blasphemous. I think it is idolatrous. Jesus is the high and lifted up, exalted, glorified Son of God now. He is not in his humanity, in his humility here to do the Messiah's work. That's not what he is. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is glorious. He's the one whom Isaiah came and he saw him sitting on the throne, his train filling the temple, and the smoke of the temple was there, and he fell on his face going, I'm coming undone. I'm literally disintegrating in the presence of the Holy One. I'm coming apart. That's who Jesus is. That's all you need to know. You don't have to see what he looks like. And that's part of the point of not making graven images and not putting any other gods before him. Jeremiah tells us this, beginning in verse 12 of chapter 18, And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, and we will, everyone, do the imagination of his evil heart. Do you hear people like that sometimes in the chat? Do you, hear, do you run in, into people uh, in real life who uh, they say, Well, there's just nothing we can do. And then they go after the very things that they say they're against. We'll do, everyone do the imagination of his evil heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask ye now among the heathen who hath heard such things. The virgin of Israel hath done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon, which cometh from the rock of the field? Or shall the cold flowing waters that come from another place be forsaken? Because my people hath forgotten me, Catch that, because my people, not people who aren't my people, but my people have forgotten me. They have burned incense to vanity, and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in paths in a way not cast up, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone that passeth thereby shall be astonished and wag his head. And I'll scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. They don't want to walk in the ways I've set, which, are, which he calls the ancient paths. Okay, well, here's what's coming. I'm going to make your land desolate. and I'm going to get rid of you. That's what God says. Here's another one. This is also from Jeremiah. Chapter 6, beginning at verse 13. From the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed? Does that sound very... um, Does that fair, sound very similar to what we just heard? And what went on? Oh, the coronavirus thing is over. Just all in one day, it was just over. How do you know? I thought this thing was rampant. I thought it was running around doing its own thing at certain times of the day and certain times at night. I thought that, that uh, you know, America, boy, they needed to mask up and vax up or they were really in trouble. I thought that was what was going on. 
Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Not a new world order. Ask to go back to what I instructed you in. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. No, no, no. The the grass is greener on this path here, Lord. Don't you know? Not only that, not only did he call them, he said, Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Oh. I don't know about you, that sends chills down my spine that God would say that about his people. Yet he does. Yet he does. They have not hearkened to my word. They have not listened to my law. They have not abided in my commandments, statutes, and judgments. They haven't taught them to their children. They've rejected it. Let me ask you, friend. With these right here, with your lips, you're drawing close to God, but your heart's far from Him. That don't cut it. It don't cut it. It never has. If that's where you are, you need to examine yourself to see if you be in the faith, is what Paul says. Where's your heart at? Who's got control of that? What path are you on? Are you on the path to the new world order? Oh, no, I'm not in that, Tim. I I know I had my vaxes. I know I wore the mask. I know I'm ready to embrace CBDCs. I know I'm ready to do all these other things, but I'm the Lord's. Really? I'm going to go over just a little bit, not a long time, because I opened up so many of these, these things to see what the Bible had to say about paths. And there are a ton of stuff. I mean, we could sit here and do a whole show just on the path that God has set us or is, that we're supposed to be on. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue this on just a couple of minutes just to give you guys this because I want you to see the difference between the paths, the paths to the new world order, the paths that lead back to the old paths. Bradley, be with you at 3. Lord willing, we'll see you in the morning at 8 a.m. with Kate Shimroni. By the way, D. Manny Mitchell is going to be with us, so I'm sure we're going to have cannabis talk then. And we may have a special guest when you're not expecting. Talk to you then. See ya. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio. I'll just let you guys in the video audience know Tommy Robinson might be joining us. I don't know. Uh, Kate has is going to Spain. Uh, to visit D, they're having some kind of thing over there, and Tommy was going to meet them. She's supposed to do a show with him, and then we're going to see if we can bring Tommy on ourselves. He said he would come on the show. I guess I passed my MI6 thing. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just joking. Uh, I, I know he puts people that he'll go on their show or any of that kind of stuff. He puts them through a pretty stringent thing of checking out who they are and stuff like that. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what what goes on. Um. This is from Psalm 23. I'm just going to point to you. Look, I, I just did a quick word search of 
the issue of paths and seeing. Now, some of these, some didn't apply, but I want you to see how the scriptures use this term all throughout the Psalms and the Proverbs especially, and then we're going to look at some passages in the New Testament as well. This comes from Psalm 23. You guys know this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. What kind of path? A path of righteousness. Not of lawlessness, but of righteousness. We go over into Psalm 17. And here's what we read. Verse 2, Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. How did that happen? He listened to the words of God and he obeyed them. And that kept him from the paths of the destroyer. But then he says, hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. For I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God, incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Boy, you're talking about, if you ask, you'll receive. You really will. If that's where your heart is at. If your heart's not there and you're just saying, hey, I just want to get this out of the way. I want to take care of something, but I'm not interested in really knowing you, Lord. I'm not interested in following after you, then you should expect nothing. You have to ask in faith. Otherwise, you're a double-minded man. Here's another one from Psalm, or excuse me, from Proverbs chapter 2. Beginning at, well, begin. let's just read 19. What's came before this is talking about delivering from the strange woman, the, stran- the stranger that flattereth you with her words. She tries to seduce you. Solomon is giving uh, instruction here to his son about being careful of these women who talk sweet to you. Sweet talkers, Betty Crocker. That's what I call them. Sweet talker, Betty Crocker. If that's easier for you to remember. Beware of those women who flatter you. Beware of those women who flutter their eyes at you, young men. Beware of the painted woman, okay? Again, I'm not against necessarily makeup. You know, my dad used to say, if the, if the, if the barn needs painting, paint it, okay? But you know what I'm talking about. There are some women who... My goodness, their whole appearance changes with makeup. It's not like an accent or something, or they're covering up you know, a blemish or something. It's like, if they take it off, you wouldn't even know who the, the difference between the women are. I'm not going to get into that. He says this, This woman, she forgetteth the covenant of her God, in verse 18, For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. None that go into her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. The paths of life. That is the path. That is the old paths. The paths of life. The new world order is a path to death. That's all it is. It has no life in it. 
And then he says that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous for the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Interesting. Again, he talks about that right in the same chapter in verse 13. He says, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they forward in their paths to deliver thee from the strange woman, even the stranger, which flattereth with the words. How many times have we seen that? We see men who know better. They may even say with their mouths the right things. But then when you go behind the scenes, you're starting to find out they didn't walk in the paths of uprightness. You know, it's sad to say I'm reminded of uh, Ravi Zacharias. He, look, God used him in some good things. Not going not gonna to condemn what God used him for in that capacity. But after his death, now we find out he's the guy who had all these massage things all over the world. He was apparently fornicating with many of the, the women who were massagers there, committing adultery with them. Yeah, Tim, but, but, but David did the same. He committed, yeah, and you know what? When David was confronted about his adultery, you know what he did? He confessed it, number one. He repented of it, number two, and you never read about it again. You don't read about, his, you don't read about adultery happening in his life again. Just like when Jesus had the woman who was caught in adultery and they were trying to do an illegal move and bringing her before him, he wasn't in a position of authority. They didn't bring the man with them as the law demands. And what did Jesus tell that young woman? It's okay. You know, David committed sin too. He committed adultery. It's okay. That's not what Jesus said. He said, go and sin no more. Stop sinning. Stop transgressing the law of God. That's what he told the young lady. He said, I'm not condemning you, but stop transgressing the law of God. Boy, the churches could use that message today, couldn't they? No, the churches today, what they do in America is they say, go ahead and indulge in your sin. God's fine with it. He made you. He doesn't make mistakes. No, but you do. <laughs> you make them. And you commit sin. God doesn't commit sin, but you do. And they need to hear that message and call the people from their sin. Proverbs 3. Here's another one. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into their own, uh, thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And what happens? He shall direct thy paths. Why? If you're acknowledging him, is he going to direct you in your paths 
Satan's paths? The New World Order's paths? No, he's going to direct you in his paths. So thy paths become his paths. What does the Bible say? He will give us the desires of our heart, right? What's the desire of your heart? Is it to glorify God in your job, in your family, in the sphere of influence God has given you? What's the desire of your heart? Is it money? Is it sex? Is it riches? Is it power? Is it fame? Is it some kind of tangible item? Is that what the desire of your heart is all about? You know, Calvin said that our hearts were like little idol factories. That's exactly what they are. Exactly what they are. It's kind of like when you see these people that win the lottery, what do they do? Many of them are broke and worse off after the lottery than they were before they got the lottery. Why? Because all of a sudden, that covetous nature comes out of man, and they begin to want to buy all kinds of stuff, including stuff they don't even need. Crazy stuff. Because they love money. They're like the rich young ruler. He went away sad. Why? Because he had a lot of stuff. He had kept the law, sure, on the outside, like Paul. Nobody could condemn him for that. But covetousness, ooh, that final commandment. Covetousness is not an external thing. It is an internal thing. Paul said that's the one that got him, was covetousness. That's not walking in the path God has set up. The psalmist also writes in Psalm chapter 25, he says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. This should be a prayer of Christians today, by the way, along with breaking their teeth in their mouth, <laughs> you know, letting them fall in the trap that they've set for me, let them fall in the pit they've dug for me. That should be in imprecatory prayers that Christians pray today for some of these wicked men in authority. I'm just telling you. Pray for them that way. Pray against them. Pray against them. Let them fear the Lord. Not you. Let them fear the Lord. And let them know you're praying against them too. Because they know God exists. All men know there's, there is no atheist. There is no agnostic. There's stupid people, but there's no atheists and no agnostics. And when I use the term stupid, I mean you're willfully stupid. You're willfully hard-headed. That's what we say down here, down south. Willfully hard-headed because all men know there's a God. Romans chapter 1, 18, verses 18 and following. They know there's a God. They just don't want to honor him as God. They see his wrath from heaven every day. They even know his power and his eternal Godhead. That's what the scripture says. They know it. But they don't want to honor him as God. They don't want to do that. Not the psalmist. He says, Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. Is the Lord's paths the new world order, or is it the old ancient paths? What's the old ancient paths? 
Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. O Lord, remember thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been uh, ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. See, the psalmist doesn't wallow in his sins and say, oh, I'm such a terrible sinner. Look at the grace of God. No, we don't sin so that grace abounds. That's what Paul says. He says, forget those things. I don't, I don't want, I want nothing to do with them. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for the goodness sake, for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Two more from the New Testament, and then we'll wrap this up. I told you I'd try to be short. This is from Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 10. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. joyous. Uh, yeah, of course not. Any of us who've been chastened, you know how the the... If you had a dad like mine, he would be like, uh, this is going to hurt me a little more than it hurts you. And you're sitting there going, yeah, right. You're not the one getting the belt or the paddle or the hickory stick or whatever the case may be, right? And when I had kids of my own, I'm going to tell you it didn't hurt me to do it. I didn't like doing it. I know it hurt my kids as far as a sting, but it wasn't something long-lasting. I didn't bruise them. I didn't break bones or any of that stuff. I, I'm not sadistic. I'm trying to correct my kids. And I'd rather do it with my own means than them go out and have these thin blue line cops go out there and beat them with a bully stick or shoot them in the head. Or anywhere else, for that matter. Because they don't learn how to submit themselves to authority. Proper authority, by the way. Let me make that clear, because there's a lot of people out there who usurp their authority and try to be something that they're not and try to advance things that they're not, just like what we saw at the beginning of the show. But he says this, he said, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which... No man shall see the Lord. Friend, if you're not advancing in holiness, if, if Christ is not sanctifying you day after day, if he's not doing that, you have no reason to believe that you have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. If you continue on in your sin, you have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. That's what Paul says in Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. No inheritance in the kingdom of God. Don't deceive yourself. I'm not being mean here. Just don't deceive yourself. I can tell you, I was deceived for many, many years because of the modern gospel. Come down, read the track. You agree with the track? Yeah, I agree with the track. Pray this prayer after me. Pray the prayer after them. No life. Why? Because the Spirit of God had not given me the new birth. I, I just... I'd done all the stuff that they told me to do. Never told me to repent. But I did all the stuff that they told me to do. And I did it many times. And I'm going to tell you what it was. My focus was on I didn't want to go to hell. That was a scary thing. Is that really where the Bible calls us to? 
No, it calls us to fear the Lord, not the hell he created, but to fear the Lord. And it wasn't until I was really born again, and I didn't even know what had happened. It was not until I was really born again that I saw myself in the presence of the Holy God. And I realized, like Isaiah, I was coming undone. I know how to explain it now. I didn't know what was happening then. I knew who I was confronted with. I knew that. That was very clear in my mind. And I was petrified. Not for going to hell, but because I was under the judgment of a holy God. I can't explain how it happens. Nobody was preaching to me. I'd been preached to. I'd been given tracts. I'd been given all kinds of stuff. I'd read all kinds of stuff. And the Lord in his timing brought it to measure. He brought it to harvest. The Lord did that because I wasn't looking for it. That was the last thing I was looking for. But that's what he did in me. And you know what? This is why I say the things I say. Because I hope, I'm hoping he does it for other people who hear. Because I can't go out and make people born again. I can't go out and make them become Christians. That's not my job. There have been Roman Catholics in the past who have forced conversion at the sword. There have been Islamists who have forced conversion at the sword. Christ tells us that's not the way we do things. We don't do it with the sword. Our weapons are spiritual and they are not carnal and they, we have some that are offensive. What are they? It's called the gospel. And the whole counsel of God. That's what we give people in hopes that God will do for them what he did for us. All right? One more. You guys will all remember this one. It's in the midst of Jesus reteaching people the law, what it is, what it isn't. And this is what he says. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way, we could say broad is the path, that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, or the path, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Who's he talking about? He's talking about these false prophets. Can you apply this to more than just the false prophets? Yep, you can apply it to them too. He says, Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Let me ask you, friend, which way are you on? Which path are you on? The straight and narrow? The old paths? Or are you on that broad and wide path? That new world order path? Which one are you? Which one are you on? A lot of people say, I don't want this new world order. But they're, they're walking that same path with them. They may not be saying the exact same things, but they're doing lawlessness. You're acting lawless. And if you're acting lawless, you're against the God that you claim with your mouth that you want to serve and that you love and that you adore. How does that work? How does it work? It doesn't work. That's the problem. And so the message for you, if you're in that situation, is to repent. 
turn from your sin. Get off of the wide, broad road that's leading you to destruction. That's what the New World Order is. It is a path to destruction. And we're seeing it. We're already seeing the evidence of it. Path to destruction. Get on the straight and narrow. It is the path that leadeth, this is Jesus' word, leadeth unto life. Few there be that find it. Be one of the few. May the Lord open your eyes that you get on that path and glorify him in it. You don't glorify the preacher in it, that's for sure. You don't glorify the church in it, that's for sure. You glorify the Lord by getting on the straight and narrow. Go back to the old paths. And look, it's not just, I don't even think it's just about moral. I think we're seeing the evidence physically that even what we do in the physical realm needs to go back to the old paths. Just going to say, oh, Tim, you want us to go to the Stone Age. You want to live out there with the, with the Muslims. That's not the point. Everything's synthesized, everything's virtualized, everything's sanitized in the New World Order, isn't it? It's not real. It's not real. The destruction's real at the end of it. The destruction is very real. No, I just want us to return to the old paths, me included. Me included. And I hope the same for you and your family. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani and D. Manny Mitchell. And uh, we'll see about Tommy Robinson. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be joining them or not, but uh, my understanding is they're going to be a hike together in the somewhere in Spain. And I'm assuming since D's going to be on, we're going to be talking cannabis in some form or another. You don't want to miss that. Talk to you then. <laughs>